Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. We love horror movies from the 70s and 80s. And we watch them for two days straight. And then we go write a book. Now we're looking back at every title. One at a time in this podcast that we put out monthly. Once we've had an episode for every movie. The red record button is red, which means we are indeed recording another episode of the Shock Marathons podcast. I am Matt Farley here with Tom Scalzo. Hello. And Charlie Roxburgh. Greetings. We're talking about Snow Beast, made for TV. And is it 1977, guys? Mm-hmm. I believe so. 1977. And it starts with the sound of harsh wind. Re- a little over the top with the harsh wind, if you ask me. And we look Omin- at... Ominous. Ominous. Mm-hmm. We get to look at um, snowy mountains, snowy trees, with some opening credits. And then we get a brief glimpse of Snow Beast's hand with some scary music that gets cut off um, awkwardly, which happens so frequently, um, mo- perhaps most famously in the pit, uh, that opening scene where it just stops and gets happy. But it's remarkable, Charlie, isn't it? Yeah, it, I don't know exactly why. I, I don't know if it was done because it was easier to like do it quickly or they made a last-minute change right? or they thought it would be jarring and good. Either way, it's kind of fun, and... Uh, it's sort of become a tradition of that sort of yeah. movie, you know? We it's did like it. Almost like an Snow error. Star- yeah, but we but we like it. Yeah, yeah, we like it a lot. But um it seems it seems like after it's all been edited, then they're like, No, wait, actually, let's do this and then they're they're forced because the mix has already been mixed. They just have to go with it. Right. Um so now we get to see some happy skiers skiing. And um, a couple of ladies. One of them's wearing a yellow um, snowsuit. Her fr- a vision in yellow. I mean, it's beautiful. <laughs> the, 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 the snow the snow gear in this movie is is frequently applauded and commented on, and uh, it it really makes you feel like wow, that they were having fun back then with those colors and those outfits. Yeah, they went all out. The 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 style over substance. These uh these outfits in the seventies. Um, let's listen to them discuss whether they should keep on uh, skiing. Uh, one of them, I forget her name. Is it Betty or something? Maybe Betty Ann. Is that right, Charlie? There's Heidi. She's the one who's scared and wants to go away. Okay, Heidi wants to go away, and whoever the girl in yellow wants to keep on on skiing, which turns out to be a bad decision. Let's listen to them discuss it, though. Hey, Jennifer. Look at these. Some joker. Snowshoes from some mail-order novelty house. <laughs> I love how she writes it off. Like, that's a very specific uh, thing. Like, some joker. 
I've seen those footprints before. She's like an amateur debunker in her in her off-screen life. <laughs> like in the middle of the woods of nowhere, like like oh, I'm sure those footprints aren't natural. No way. The, the chances that that Joker would have been able to know that these girls were gonna ski down this one random, you know, out of the way path. Yeah, the before pay- they got covered up. The yeah. potential payoff on that prank is is uh, is unlikely, unlikely. So the frightened friend, who's one of them is Jennifer. The the yellow ones, the yellow suit, Jennifer, right? Jennifer gets Jennifer's the one who suffers a a, a bad uh, turn of fate here. She, uh, so anyway, the frightened friend has had enough. She just leaves, and Jennifer stays long enough to be attacked by Snow Beast off camera. So that happens. And now we're back at the ski lodge. <laughs> and the loudspeaker features um, the old grandmother. Hello, everybody. I'm Mrs. Carrie Rill, as you probably know. <laughs> it's like, what, what do you mean, as you probably know? Like, you you run a ski lodge. Like, what? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's, like, kids shoving hot dogs. In, yeah, kids shoving hot dogs in their mouth and, like, ah. Lady, I'm not even listening to you. She goes on for a while to discuss that it's the 50th anniversary of the lodge. It's a big deal. Now, Tom, tell me if you noticed this. It seemed that this is all being spoken into a microphone over speakers. And then it seems that we catch the end of the speech with her being surrounded by people, but she's not speaking into a microphone. Did you get that, Tom? Yeah, yes, I did. It's it's marvelous. I, there's another movie that that does a similar thing, and I can't can't recall what it is. But this this movie does not quite this dramatically. But a couple of times in this movie, they have a conversation that ends, you know, in in a completely different location yeah. from where it began, and there's no break. It immediately picks uh, up. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's often a, like I think here is a style thing. Another, it's it's almost always a style thing. It can't happen. By accident, really. Well, this one yeah. is this one. I don't know. It's like pick a side. Like just don't put reverb oh, yeah. on her voice. Don't put reverb yeah. on her voice or have her yeah. holding a microphone. But, but whatever. So she's, you know, turns out this whole speech was just given, you know, on, on outside. The, like three people in the. In the but they're jo- they're jovial. Actually, it's a guys? few more oh, than yeah. three people. It's a yeah, pretty yeah. impressive crowd that anyone would sit through this boring speech and then they just start cheering her so much. <laughs> it's like, how excited are you about this, people? This is crazy. And, oh, when the Snow Queen arrives, it is like the happiest uh, ski village on earth, right there. That little cluster of people is overjoyed. Okay, so then we meet Tony. He's the grandson of Mrs. Rill. She's only sixty-five. He looks about forty. So I don't know what's going on, but we'll we'll let it go. Um, He's summoned out to search for the skier in the yellow suit. As he leaves, Mrs. Rill jokes to some friends. He thinks that because he's my grandson, he can treat me like I'm his grandmother. (laughs) So that's that. Oh my God, that hurts. Uh, yeah, it's not it's not funny. It also makes me think, and maybe it made the characters think. What does she mean by that? Does she <laughs> does she mean that I'm famous in like this snow ski lodge, and he shouldn't treat me like that? Or it's a good yeah. question. Yeah, it means nothing. It means nothing. It's almost like weird a weird hint that like like she she wants to prove that she's still young and like in in the game or something and. It's weird. Right, yeah. right. 
You're right. She wants to prove she's still got it. <laughs> she's yeah. still got it. And by it, <laughs> it is the ability to run a ski lodge. So <laughs> let's listen to Tony talk with, um, we think her name is maybe Heidi. She's the survivor who, uh, who abandoned her friend Jennifer in the woods to die. Let's, let's listen to it. Heidi? Heidi, could you explain to me exactly where... You won't where... believe me either. Nobody will ever believe me. Well, what's more important, finding your friend or trying to convince us that there's some kind of monster out there? There is. I saw its footprints. I heard it. And it's got Jennifer. And all anybody's doing around here is staring at me like I'm crazy. Nobody thinks you're crazy. The problem is the patrolmen haven't been able to find Jennifer yet. In fact, they can't even find your tracks. So you're going to have to get a hold of yourself and take us back out there again. I'm not going back. Please, don't ask me to. Please, I can't. <laughs> she, can't be bothered. she can't be bothered to help them find her, her poor friend who may or may not be alive. She's <laughs> frozen in terror. <laughs> <laughs> and she's accusing them of not doing anything. Like, why are you staying around looking at me like I'm crazy? Well, you're not telling us where to go, girl. <laughs> Although t- Tony kind of uh, he gets on my nerves sometimes. Here he's a little too patronizing for my for my taste. But I, anyway, I enjoy the back and forth though. It, it's fun. I do, but yeah. I, I wanted I wanted to play even more of that, but I have a lot of clips to play. <clears throat> the music cue was a was a dream, a dream. Mm-hmm. So she gives them general directions. You know, it's out past an old barn, and that's good enough for Tony. He directs his assistants to take her to the lodge and to keep quiet about all this. We can't frighten the the customers. Tony and three others wander the slopes looking for Jennifer. Tony finds pieces of the yellow snowsuit, and then he hears a monster's roar. So, uh, so that's pretty exciting. A lot of ski sh- skiing shots in this movie, huh, Charlie? Indeed. It's almost like Slash Dreams and a couple other nature 70s movies where there's just a lot of shots of stuff. Yeah. Know, like, go out and just get some stuff. <laughs> go film some stuff. You know, second unit. Just like, I want I want the trees. I want like a bird frolicking. Whatever you can get. Uh, an extra, extras drinking hot cocoa and then people skiing. But uh, I was going to say also that um, I found it a little annoying here when Tony here's the the beast because they they show him looking up right uh-huh and they show a wide shot where you clearly see the 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 beast behind the tree <laughs> so, and but he doesn't yeah. stop turning his head left and right so in the editing i and in the directing i wanted him to stop look and then we see the beast and we're like okay tony has seen the beast but the way that they did it made it made it seem like he heard something and he almost we're not sure if he actually saw it because hearing it is one thing but hearing it and seeing a giant white beast it's a whole other level of like freaking out that he would have to do because he's like i saw a bigfoot it was right there yeah well there's a lot of key stuff that happens off camera uh you know which you have to then figure out after the fact and also like they clearly didn't have much of a snow beast um costume to work with because you almost you almost never see anything but his his hands, right? In a, a way, yeah. A couple yeah. shots, couple shots. but uh, don't you? Didn't you? It's like oh, it's point of view. It's all point of view snow beast, and yeah. we see a his claw. Like let's let's see this thing. Anyway, yeah. le- uh, let's listen to Gar as 
our favorite, well, my favorite character, Gar, the former um, Olympic gold medal winner. He's coming. He he needs a job. The poor guy, you know. So he's yeah. coming. He's just showing up at the ski lodge with with his stuff. I'm not sure what's going on because his wife has a job back wherever they came from, but it seems like they're moving to the ski lodge so Gar can get a job. Like I don't know how close it is to to Ellen's work, but it seems like they're just up. They they're just picking up and moving, right, Tom? That's what it seems like, and it doesn't seem like this job of that, that Gar is going for is is going to be very lucrative. That lucrative. Yeah, it's like for a couple of weeks, and then they're done. Yeah, and like, she, is she just quitting her job in TV news, Charlie? Well, she does mention that she's on. Uh, she only gets two weeks of vacation a year, and then. It, she also does these roving reporter kind of gigs. Yeah. So I don't She's know freelance. if she has to go into the same place all the time. Yeah. Like when she investigated the Bigfoot thing, she had to go to Pacific Northwest and do some stuff. True. So, yeah, we don't know all the ins and outs of uh, of Ellen's work, though I wish we did. Yeah, me too. Let's listen to how the fans treat the hero, Gar. Hey, my father won at the 68 Winter Olympics. But then when you won that gold medal, he sold it. He did? <laughs> what did he get for it? Don't tell him. Let him keep his illusions. Thank you. Will you be staying for the whole winter carnival? I think so. That's just great. Well, thank you. It's <laughs> a good moment. Mm-hmm. It's a little less love- uh, exciting than I remember. <laughs> what are you saying, Tom? I just I love I love the um the vibe it, it it's like surreal how happy everyone here is like yeah. that confrontation right there is it's it's like dreamland like happiness it's like oh mm. gee mister you're yeah. so you're so swell you know and everyone's so happy like to hear you know the uh the announcement from carrie yes. will like it's everybody is on another level of happiness totally no kid would even know an old skier probably like you know, no. you know Regular right. kids would just be like barely. Maybe I heard of you. Yeah, or an Olympic winner from ten get... years ago. I mean, you know, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Good point, Tom. And uh, I, I think also it's just zero to sixty with marital strife in like two seconds. Yeah, because... they stepped out of the car, they walked ten feet, and she's getting her digs in. She yeah. doesn't want him to have his moment. Yeah, it's so weird. And then and then he turns to her and says, "Well, it's nice to feel wanted somewhere." And like, "Oh." Whoa. And we as the viewers are like, "Whoa, what did I get into here? I'm watching a movie about an ice yeti and uh, all of a sudden it's uh tons of strife." So oh, great. So then they get into the the lodge and you know, Tony's dealing with this this snow beast situation. Um Gar catches his eye and is like, "Hey, Tony." And Tony just barely gives him a wave and then goes into the office. And um, Gar is nervous, and let's listen to him discuss it with his wife, Ellen. I don't think you recognize it. I think you did. Perhaps he's got something more important to do right now. No. Good old Tony knows I'm going to ask him for a job. How could he know that? He hasn't heard from you in ages. Em, you were right. Coming up here was a dumb idea. I never said it was a dumb idea. I just said you might be better off looking for work outside the ski business. This is all I know how to do. You know what I think, Gar? You don't really want a job. 
This is just an excuse to back out and still feel right about it. <laughs> Heavy stuff. So That's Gar, deep. now I, I uh, before the show started, I brought up whether Gar is an American or or Scottish or something. I did hear a little Scottish accent there. Did you, Charlie? Slightly, yeah. I I don't know. I mean, they did they say he won the medal for the Americans? They said that twenty five percent of the population watched, and then he won the medal. But I don't remember specifics. Yeah, yeah, it's it's interesting. That, and then how is he friend? What's he doing in America? How is he friends with Tony? All that junk. A lot of questions, Charlie. Just a quick comment, but when uh, when she's describing like the, they're complaining about the job and his like negativity, it reminds me of this part in the room when Lisa says uh, something to the effect of, "You know, my mother's right. The computer business is just too competitive." <laughs> something like that. It, when he complains, when Gar says. No, he knows I'm here for a job. <laughs> Reminded me exactly of that. Yeah, like how could uh, he possibly know that? He's just like, oh, there's my old friend Gar. Um, must be coming for a job, you know? And it's just such a funny concept, you know, to, to work in skiing, you know? Like it's such a it, – you don't think of it as a in a big industry really so much. Uh, you, you just yeah. like minimum wage jobs, like operating the um, the ski lift or whatever. But what, yeah. what a weird well, scenario. Like it just – of all the reasons to get Gar in there, it's just a weird one. Like I, I'm, I'm okay with a marital strife, but I don't understand what's going on. That this is, this is like their ticket out somehow. Well, ex, ex, I mean, just to be fair to the movie a little bit, ex pros in a lot of sports like tennis or golf or yeah. something low, they, they go and they, he was gonna be the head of the ski program, like I teaching. Guess so. Yeah, I guess so. Mm-hmm. I'll give it to you. All right. Yeah. Now, and I think in yeah. terms of location, just before we get off, I think it's possibly uh, it's supposed to be Canada. Okay, okay, that's interesting. Just, yeah, it, it it felt like because they kept saying it wasn't the Pacific Northwest, you know, and it, I don't think it's New York. It's like, there's not a lot of places in the states that you would have this yeah. kind of a. I imagine Colorado, set, but uh, where yeah. they were, yeah, and they do show the the city on the side of the truck sometimes. Uh, oh, do they? Yeah, okay, it's, maybe, it, maybe it's, it's Colorado then. Rockies, yeah. All right. So now, meanwhile, Tony's in the office talking to his grandmother, and um, I really enjoy listening to these two talk. So let's do that. This wasn't an animal, and it wasn't human either. Well, it certainly narrows it down. Did the other men see it? I don't think so. You didn't ask them? If they'd have seen it, they'd have told me. They thought Heidi was imagining things. They couldn't possibly think that of you. One word from you, it'd be all over town in a minute. Oh, it's a fine time to have a panic just before our winter carnival. I'm not hiding anything. I didn't tell the men because I wanted to get them out of the area as quick as I could. Not because you have a vested interest in the future of this resort. Grandma, I'm going to try to spell it out for you very soon. We're going to listen to more, but it's like, there's so much going on here. Like, I don't even know what side either of them are on, Charlie. I got two words for you guys. Laval Blessing. This guy's acting at this point yeah. is the, exactly the way Laval in a, in a bad-acting, pouty way, yells at his underlings. He's not like this anywhere else in the movie, either. This Just this one scene. But, like, Grand... Just this one scene, yeah. he gets. It's like it was his first day of ever acting. And Grandma is, like, simultaneously wanting to cover up and also, like, mocking him for wanting to cover up, it seems. You know what I'm saying, Tom? 
Yeah, it's very confusing. I don't know what what she wants. <laughs> yeah, I love the yell. I love the yelling. I love that there's a winter carnival that it concerns <laughs> about it take precedence over everything. Yeah, it's like our <laughs> apple bobbing festival, Charlie. She says this winter carnival is the thing that keeps people coming back all year. Yeah, I watched that first time through. It just passed through my ears. The second time, I was like, "What does that mean? Why would I come there in the summer when there's no snow just because you have this winter event?" The vague, does the vague memory of it make me so happy yes. that in July I want to go there and be like, this is where it happened. Yes. This is where the Winter Queen walked and where Gar um, gave her her tiara. That's exactly why. It makes no sense. It makes no sense, especially in a seasonal activity. Let's listen to more of this fantastic back and forth. There's something very strange and very dangerous out there. And if I thought it would stay up there, fine. We could designate the area avalanche prone and just seal it off. Well, if it were going to come any nearer, wouldn't it have done so by now? What do you base that on? You don't know anything about it. <laughs> I mean, you don't know how long it's been up there. When it got there, it could have got there last night. Just in time for the winter carnival. What are you being so facetious about? He real now that you say it, I all I can hear is Laval when he talks now, Charlie. It's so true. <laughs> I wish I knew that exact line, but there's parts where he's like, "Why don't you guys get the magic paraphernalia? You you got to focus your energies." He yells at yeah. his people in the same way. There aren't yeah. any zoos or uh, what does he say that there aren't any zoos <laughs> or insane zoos asylum or carnivals <laughs> around here. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so they decide they're going to designate the area as restricted. Grandma pressures him into keeping quiet about it. Tony comes out, and he formally greets Gar and Ellen. He tells Ellen that he's forgotten how beautiful she is. Gar confesses that he needs a job. Not anymore, you don't, says Tony. So that's great news. But uh, we have established that Tony and Ellen had a relationship, um, but she ultimately chose Gar. And um, Tony's not very subtle about it. He's just, uh, you know, out there, you know, kissing her and hugging her and telling her she's beautiful and asking why she chose Gar. <laughs> and he, he's straight up, like, staring at her. And Gar yeah. is just sitting there like he's not even part of the table or the group. Yeah. I love Gar because he's such a big, dopey idiot. It's delightful. Oh. It, kind of, it endears us to him, I think, that he's just he's not freaking out. You know, it's it's yeah. almost it's refreshing and nice. He's just resigned to the fact that his wife doesn't like him and she's she seems to like his friend still. He's fine with it. All right, Tom, so, what was Tom going to say? I just wanted to, to mention before that, that, that previous scene when... Uh, when uh, Tony was talking to his grandmother, and he said, "Like if I knew that that the, the creature would stay within a restricted area, we we could just cordon it off." Yeah. And think about it. Like it does. They they go after it. That's like it point. never actually yeah. leaves that area. If they just didn't go there. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, he's only near the barn. Although he does come. Well, he does come to town during the. Um... Eventually, because oh, yeah, he's true. mad, but. But, but he's I been mean, annoyed know, into it. It's you, just. You think. They didn't have to, uh, they didn't, they could have just said, you know, this area's off limits, you know, just go about your business. It's quite true. But no. Speaking of which, one of Tony's, uh, one of Tony's workers uh, reports that Heidi's been given tranquilizers to put her out because she was hysterical. He offers to search the area. 
Tony says he just needs to put signs that say <laughs> it's restricted. Now it's that's an order, <laughs> and it seems that he ignores these directions immediately. Is that right, Charlie? Yeah. Yeah. He, he doesn't even hide it. He just like turns around, jumps on, does the what he wants. Mobile, yeah. Gone. Yeah. And um, we get to watch him skiing a lot. Then he hears the beast, and then he skis some more. Then he falls down. He's clinging uh, on this little ledge that that seems like they were just trying to angle the camera in such a way that made a slight hill look steep, and they they didn't quite get it right. Um, and then uh, the hand of Snow Beast just kind of like engulfs his the guy's skull, and then freeze frame fade to red. This guy is finished. Um, meanwhile, a man and a kid are by the barn. The kid returns from inside the barn. He's upset. He tells his dad to go look what's inside, and we see a bloody arm and a yellow snowsuit. Oh, no. Oh, boy. So, Tom, Snow Beast is, like, dropping his victims off in this barn, right? Correct. And and it it, it took me a minute, but that guy and his son, that guy is maintenance worker Ben Cochran who had been sent to do the signs by that other guy. Oh, interesting. It's very it's very subtle, but that's what this guy is. That's why he's there. He's the maintenance guy. He's supposed mm. to be putting up signs. Why did he bring people his kid? To go there. Why did he bring his kid? Is I don't know. <laughs> Get a ride on the snowmobile or something. <laughs> yeah. Do you do you guys but, take it that um Snow Beast is storing his food there? Yeah. Like, that's yeah. like his fridge. Okay. That's yeah, what they say, yeah. right? At one point they even say it. They they hint at that, yeah. I wonder why. I, I guess it's just a it just just is, but I mean there's no specific reason why Snow Beast couldn't just keep them up where he is <laughs> or just eat, eat more of it right then like while it's fresh. That's okay. <laughs> Yeah, we have no answer. No answer for that question, but it's a good one. Um, yeah, but the Snow Beast is more like of a more of a slasher killer than most other animals. Yeah, you're right. You know. Totally. And and there's not a ton of. Uh, he's just a a peaceful nature creature. There's a little bit of it with Gar, but on the whole, there's usually more of it. Like, don't don't kill this beast. They're they're kind of like, hey, he hurt somebody. Let's get him. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Tony tries to speak to the sheriff, but um, but the sheriff is called away because of the body being found at the barn, so that, that, that's put on hold, which means Tony has time to meet Ellen for lunch, which is really good stuff, and we're going to listen to some of it right now. Fever. But he told me he had a hard time getting you up here. How come? Well, I only get two weeks off a year, you know, and I had my heart set on a warm climate. Hmm. And I, okay, I'm again. I know we talked about it, but I'm so confused. What is is he coming to work there permanently or just for two weeks? Uh, don't answer because we don't know. But it, anyway, I was afraid of seeing you again after all this time, everything we had. What did you think would happen? I don't know. I've been having a lot of fantasies about you for the last year. <laughs> fantasies about me, good or bad? Not bad. A friend of mine, a doctor, said that uh, when a woman starts having fantasies about the man she didn't marry, she's not getting enough realities from the man she did. Oh, what a line. <laughs> what? Mm. 
so seventies. It's really nice. Yeah, very in, in, analysts and whatnot. Yeah, that is a, that is a great. Line. I want to put that on a bumper sticker. Yeah, <laughs> and the way she tosses it, and she's like, "Friend of mine, a doctor." It's either supernatural or that she forgot the way the script was written and tried to like tuck that line in. <laughs> um, so that's good stuff right there. I really like that. She goes on to talk about how her job in TV is exciting. But meanwhile, Gar is just living in the past. She's got to come home and deal with him. He's unemployed. He used to be a superstar, and um, not anymore. You can, you know marriage can survive a lot of things, but it can't survive a lack of respect. And I've lost about all the respect I ever had for him, she says. So Ouch. Tony hugs her and kisses her and says, you need someone to say I, say he loves you. And I do, you know, I always have. Gar witnessed the hug and kiss. He comes to sit with Tony, and um, their conversation is interrupted by Grandma, so they agree to meet again in the pool. But like you said, Charlie, Gar, he's not too unhappy about the kiss. Uh, no, it's it's kind of uh, nice. It's unique in a way. It, 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 it actually perks up the movie because you're kind of like, okay, this is a little different than what I expected. Uh, I like it. Uh, and uh, you're you're getting to their to their meeting here, right? And we're gonna talk yeah. uh, robes and and terry cloth and stuff like glorious, that. Okay, glorious, glorious moments. Okay, good. Um, meanwhile, the barn, uh, the boy is in shock and needs to be carried home. The sheriff looks into the snowy landscape and wonders what could have happened. So now we're back at the pool where Gar and Tony are discussing the possibility of Bigfoot, and let's listen to some of that because it is. But wait, wait, can yes. we set the scene though? I mean, okay. You can't just gloss over the fact that they're hanging out in the lodge, you know, maybe having some coffee, and then all of a sudden they're they're just in like a sauna together <laughs> for no for no reason. Well, it, it could have been. It's really the next cut that's more shot more jarring because because at least they said let's meet at the pool after when Grandma yeah. showed up. They said let's that's meet weird. at the pool. So now this is the meeting. But then what's really amazing is the conversation doesn't just continues. And cha- but changes locations, but we'll get there. I, I think the grandma they, was getting in the way. That's why she said, Tony, I need you, because she knew Tony was going to start talking Bigfoot to uh, Gar. It was deliberate. So he's like, meet me at the pool in an hour, because she's always, you know, poking her nose into things, and Great she wants water. Winter Carnival to go off without a hitch. And it wasn't human either. <laughs> and now you find that you're too rational and too realistic to allow yourself to believe it was something else. Is that it? A little bit of all that. And that's why you hired me to go out and blow its brains out, right? (laughs) That's why you (laughs) hired me? Yeah, Gar, I knew you were going to show up out of nowhere looking for a job on the, like, minutes after I discovered this this beast. (laughs) That is completely insane. Am I right? All right. It's insane, and it's just it's it's not funny, and it's not like on purpose insane. I think the script was just off. It's like almost as if chunks were taken out of the movie at that point. <laughs> Let's hear more. That is, I love that moment though. It just does not. It's all logic out the window. Talk about friendship. Give it a something else. I didn't give you a job as a hired killer, Dar. Okay, so now they're in the new location. That they're in Brent, they're in robes now inside, and he's essentially answered the the, the statement that Gar made ho- however many minutes ago when they're the, in the pool. Of course not. Marvelous. 
You were only thinking of this town that you love so very much. You're damn right I am. That thing is dangerous, Carr. Thing? Just because it doesn't look like you or me makes it a thing. And then it's... <laughs> That's good. He's like ins personally insulted that, that the snow beast was called a thing. There's so many emotions going on. I got more to play, but I just had to... And he and he's not a naturalist or a scientist. That's the great thing, too. He's just a sensitive skier. <laughs> to go out and kill it in cold blood, right? And how do you know it's dangerous? Everyone who's ever been in contact with one says exactly the same thing. It stares at you for a few seconds. And then it disappears again into the wilderness. Except when it feels like carrying off a young girl. That story turned out to be a hoax. I'm not talking about that story. I'm talking about one of our guests. I found her jacket the other day. It looked like it had been ripped off her body and it was bloodstained, and I believe that thing killed her. Oh, it is so Laval, Charlie. You've, you've made this movie better for me. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And Tony is just ensconced in terry cloth there he is he is like royalty he's got this towel bunched up around his neck it's just so poofy and huge and then he's got this huge plush robe pulled over they're, they're just like manly men it could be a 70s commercial for an aftershave or something these two guys just hanging out and uh i gotta say this is one of my favorite parts of the movie just just getting ready for the mission kind of thing and and talking bigfoot yeah i love it it's really fun um, so, um, yeah, I like how Gar is a Bigfoot sympathizer. It's fun stuff. So now we watch, uh, Ellen skiing for a while. She happens upon the commotion at the barn. She's got a good nose for a story, as we all know. And she sees, uh, she notices some footprints in the snow. So you know that the, uh, the gears are turning in her head. She's, she's thinking about this. Uh, meanwhile, Gar and Tony take snowmobiles out to do some investigating. They're headed for the barn. We get to see Ellen investigate more. Then we see Tony and Gar arriving. The sheriff asks if Tony can identify her. Tony says he might be able to when he sees her face, but she doesn't have a face. And I don't know what's going on here. It seems like Tony's being a little bit um, elusive with the, uh, like he doesn't want to, to show his hands to the sheriff. Am I right, Charlie? Yeah, that's what they're kind of hinting at, but... Uh... You know, and the, the sheriff is kind of like, you didn't show the torn jacket? And he's like, I left it there as a marker. And it's, But it's not clear. It doesn't really feel, nor is Tony's intent to really cover things up uh, so much. He, he went to tried to go to the sheriff right away. Um, it's, it's more just kind of confusing here. Yeah, it's just it's just confusing. Like they don't quite like the motivation of, of Tony for all this is, is not clear. But hey, what are you going to do? So now we get to see Ellen. Uh, she goes to the spot where or the hill that's not really like the steep cliff that's not really steep. She gets there and she hears a howl. She's fearless, you know. She'll do anything for a good story. So she continues to investigate. And now um, there's more talk between the sheriff and Tony. And I'm gonna let you listen to it right here. Well, I can certainly understand your grandmother not wanting any of this to get out. You know, she may be right about it being a grizzly. Winter attacks are not all that rare, you know. Cole, it's not a grizzly. What do you think it is? Gar thinks it's one of those legendary creatures called Bigfoot. That's right. The legends I've heard about Bigfoot 
footing pretty firmly in the Pacific Northwest. Not necessarily, Sheriff. Ellen tells me there, there are hundreds of them roaming around all over the country. Ellen? Oh, my wife. She's a TV journalist. And a while back, she did a special on the Bigfoot controversy. Did they settle anything? Nah, not what you, a sheriff, would consider hard evidence. But she did run across a couple of interesting points. She went up to Washington State and met with an anthropologist. He showed her, oh, I think she said, 150 photographs, hand and footprints of so-called Bigfoots. Now, if you want to know more about it, I suggest you go and talk to Helen. <laughs> I could I could listen to this didactic dialogue uh, all day long. I, I really, love it. I really enjoy this stuff. Yeah. By 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 regular movie standards, it's like maybe three times too long. Oh and, yeah. and slow. But by our standards, I'm like, this is it. This I'm is on the stuff. edge of my seat. Yeah, keep talking, you guys. Just keep talking around in circles and like leaving out information just for the sake of being able to clarify it a little bit later, you know, like, oh, you need to talk to Ellen. Ellen. Oh, yes, my wife. You know, like, <laughs> what's her job? Oh, <laughs> that sheriff has this sing song way of speaking and it's sort of also like a radio DJ or something. Like, uh, I'll be taking you through the midnight hour tonight on the airwaves. He's, he, he's, and he poses like a model, like a straight up model. Yeah. Um, so, um, what, what else is happening? Uh, Ellen is uh, skiing around. And she falls down in the snow with this, this, I think, I don't even know. She She's more skiing. Just every once in a while we cut back to her skiing. Uh, a vision in purple. She's yeah. Just pur- with this beautiful crocheted hat. Yes. Oh. It's a nice suit. It's very impressive. The yep. sheriff conspires with the guys to make the official story. <laughs> Everyone's always like lying about about what's happening, <laughs> but he conspires with the guys to make the official story that it was a grizzly bear attack. They plan to go kill the snow beast tomorrow. Just the three of them. Even Gar is in it, in on it. He was uh, he's now anti Bigfoot after seeing the remains of the lovely Jennifer in the barn, which is good. I'm glad like. It, it instantly he's like, yeah, no, let's kill it. Who cares? It's, it's, it's not. He's a- super reasonable. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It, it's awesome. That that part of the movie is really unique. I don't even know if they intended it as such, but that that is possible that a guy would be like, you know what, Bigfoot's peaceful. Don't hurt him. And then they see a young girl who was killed, and like, you know what, he's not peaceful. <laughs> let's kill, kill him. him. <laughs> and it happened in a day or day and a half for Gar. Yeah. Oh, All right. So and then Ellen once again is being stalked by Snow Beast. Um, now we're at the school gymnasium. It's uh, part of the town's winter carnival. Lots of happy people helping to set up. The band is rehearsing. But from outside, Snow Beast, in a point of view shot, is approaching the building. Grandma greets Betty Jo. There, oh, that's Betty. She's the snow festival queen. She tells Betty to smile, but instead she has a look of horror because Betty can see Snow Beast through the window. Everybody freaks out. The beast smashes through a car window, attacking a woman behind the wheel. It's total chaos. Grandma goes down. And uh, through this all, she's what is she most concerned about, Charlie? Her, the, the tiara, the precious tiara. <laughs> it's, it's like the crown. 
and then as she's calling out to the crown, someone steps on it and destroys it. And like mm-hmm. I don't know what uh, the movie's trying to say about that either. Is it a a sad thing that it happened, or or is Grandma shallow? I don't know what they're trying to say, but it's hilarious that this is uh, her main concern, Charlie. It, with Bigfoot at the window, it's shades of uh, Bigfoot watching the pantsuit oh girl dance, yes. right? In Capture oh, yeah. Bigfoot, yeah. Capture Bigfoot, yeah. Yeah, Big I think it's, in, it's an easy way to film, you know, a shot. Like, hey, here's a window, and he's peeking through. And we don't need the yeah. rest of his body. Yeah, yeah. just his what, what were you going to say, right. Tom? I was just going to say there's a lot of interesting parallels with that movie. That It's like that that movie's so so much kinder. Like the Bigfoot in that movie is is just a victim the whole time, and in, in this one, it it's really mean the whole time. Like it's mm. a totally different take on it. Mm-hmm. And I'm glad. I'm glad. Like it it's almost uh, cliche at at this point that the beast is actually you know me actually means well and should be sympathized with. I'm glad that it's it's just an evil beast. I like that. It's it's fun stuff. Yeah. Mm. So now. Um, the officers are dealing with um, the aftermath of this of this invasion, and uh, we get to hear some of them discuss the huge mess and wonder how it'll be reported, which is like a nice little bonus of some random characters. Yeah, Charlie? Just one quick thing. This movie is super fast-paced, super fast. If you stopped and went to go get some popcorn, you, you could have missed this entire Bigfoot attack. And you would have had to say, hey, wait, what just happened, guys? They'd be like, oh, yeah, Bigfoot came to the window, uh, killed a girl in a van. Everyone ran out. Grandma was taken to the hospital. Now the police are trying to figure it out. And then they just killed a grizzly off camera. The grizzly turned out to not be the beast. And that would be all that happened in that minute and a half. Like, I was making notes about, like, oh, this happens at this minute and this minute. It, there's other parts where it drags, but there's some major plot parts, like the craziness at the carnival it happens quickly you do not see a lot of that carnival yeah. and uh yeah. the, the carnage is quick and then the bear incident with the hunt for it and whatever and the finding of the but i don't even do they even show a carcass they barely show a carcass of the bear it's going like this Very at this quickly, point though yeah yeah, yeah. Like, and it's then, like kind of dramatic they show it and then it's like oh wait you don't you don't know if what you're supposed to be seeing it's so fast really. yeah and yeah. then and then they buffer it with extended skiing scenes <laughs> exactly right 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 so i know that some people might say this movie's slow because parts of it are the extended skiing but there's other plot stuff that's just like it's just going and you don't even really they don't draw out like the bear story with like newspapers covering it like jaws everything is like jaws in this obviously but um i felt like right around there i was like wow this is this is going pretty quickly and then before you know it they're deciding to form the task force Let's listen to Grandma on the stretcher. Gar, please tell Tony I'm sorry. He was right. I should have let him report it. But we had to have our winter carnival. It was our 50th. I guarantee it'll continue for the next 50 years. Now, you take care of yourself, all right? And then I'll take care of this one. She had the crown on her head. I just noticed watching it here that oh. he takes it off the stretcher and says, I'll take care of this for you, too. So her priorities are, are all messed up, this old lady. But what are you going to mm-hmm. do? So now Gar returns to his room. He sees a set of skis and has a flashback to his glory days. He hasn't worn any skis since 68 when he was a star. Now, ha- 
We no one. Hey, <laughs> how long has Ellen been gone? And and is anyone aware that I, I guess Gar is aware that that she's missing, Tom? I I don't think he's concerned yet, though. It doesn't seem like it. <laughs> so he would, it's like it's like almost nighttime, right? It and is nighttime, and it yeah. seems like he's just going out for a pleasure ski. But then when he finds yeah. her. Did he change his mind and be like, oh, yeah, I was actually searching for you? Or is I he... I don't think he was searching for her. I think he was searching for her. But they don't sell it well at all. No. They do not no, sell... No, they don't sell it well. That... But he, he goes back to the cabin, and they don't sell it well. <laughs> and she's not there, and he sees the skis resting there, and he thinks, the only way I can go out and look for her now is to put them skis on... And then he does so, but you just have to infer a lot and watch yeah. the movie a few times. He should have talked to Tony and said, hey, I don't know where Ellen is. And Tony's like, well, last I saw her, she was going skiing. And then, and then Guard decides to put the skis on. That's all it would have taken, but we'll let it yeah. go. It's better to be confusing. Um, so, uh, Charlie, you're an expert. Uh, major day for night going on there with like the moon is so strong in the the background right yes it's clearly the and sun I, it's clearly the sun that they're trying to sell as the moon right Mm-hmm. and i love the 70s so much and i'm so comfortable with it you're fine uh not only does it not bother me i i kind of prefer it so now ellen is sleeping in the <laughs> barn for some reason like what? What happened with? I think she just decided like she was searching Bigfoot so long that it got dark and she just went to sleep in the barn. I guess yeah. she she's awoken by a noise and it's Gar and and he's her hero again, right, Tom? Like this is um, reestablishing their their love. Yeah, this is it. This is what she's been waiting for. Now she has respect for him again. <laughs> he builds a fire, takes care of her. She's so it's, demanding. It's Sheesh. I mean, he's a gold medal winner. I mean, that should be enough. That should so be enough. Their marriage is saved. She's proud of him again. She's sorry she let them drift apart. She should have been there when he needed her all these years, Charlie. And, you know, Gar's saying here, you know, I hadn't been on those skis in so long. And I'm just thinking, dude, okay, if you don't want to be in the public eye, don't compete in any more things. That's fine. Yeah. Go skiing like, <laughs> in your own private area just for the heck of it. Well, let's so, listen. So many. Uh, let's listen yeah. to Gar uh, explain yeah. it himself, and we can maybe maybe he can um can okay. convince you, Charlie. Okay. If you hadn't gotten lost, I would never have had good enough reason to get back on my skis again. When he said that, I was like, wait. I was like, wait. You just went skiing because it was a nice night. What you didn't you didn't think of her. I guess I guess you're right, Charlie. That's why he went out there. But boy, they they failed. Right. How was it? I stood on top of this mountain. Looked down. And I saw myself instead of flying down. I was falling down. Completely out of control. But once I got skiing, it was great. <laughs> now, mind you, it was great. You're searching for your wife who could be dead, Gar. <laughs> and you're just having the time of your life. Yeah. It was really great, it, 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 oh, he's so good. He's so good. I should have told you a long time ago why I never skied after 68. I think it's because 
I saw too many champions become has-beens. I didn't want to be a has-been. <laughs> so there, yeah, Char- Char- Charlie would have interjected, but like, well, you don't have to compete, but I mean, if you enjoy skiing, guard, just do it. But yeah. that, that makes too much sense. Um, he goes on to say that uh, he thought that never skiing again would be a way to stay on top, but it didn't work. Things don't happen that way. Ellen confesses that she's also afraid of failure. They kiss by the uh, the fire in the barn, and it's beautiful. Next morning, Gar and Ellen are still snuggling in the barn as a helicopter is out there, presumably searching for them, Tom? <laughs> I don't know at this point what's going on. It seems like the night before, they kind of had a plan, you know, for trying to hunt down the beast, but then, you know, then, then the whole attack happened, and then the bear killing happened and then ellen was still out i don't know where tony is like i I don't know Mm. everything got totally crazy over that night yeah yeah and tony it's his job what he has no good excuse to be that i can remember to not be involved in all these scenes it's like he just wasn't available for filming for a couple days yeah (laughs) so they finally they get up to leave and they have to deal with um but they have to deal with the snow beast some i guess some guys arrive on snowmobiles. Uh, it's Tony and two officers. The sheriff spots the snow beast as he's wandering up the hill, and Tony's happily reunited with Gar and Ellen at the barn. Um, meanwhile, um, the the lodge is like a ghost town on the outside, at least. The ski lift is off. There's a small group of people that are holding a funeral at the ski lodge for the guy who got his head crushed earlier. Oh, really? <laughs> Remember that? What what is going on? They're having a ceremony. I'm pretty sure they're burying. Are they burying him in the snow, Tom? I don't remember that. But I mean, there. <laughs> wait, did you got? Did I see a different version? Grandma's there with her arm in a sling. They're having a service on the slope for the 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 dead guy, Charlie. I don't remember that part. But... Whoa. Well, there's different versions of of this movie, and there's a there's a tangled web of distribution, I think. Well, I witnessed um, a scene. Listeners, uh, let us know if you if you've watched Snow Beast. Do you recall a funeral on the slopes? Because <laughs> I swear I saw it. Um, word gets out that the sheriff um, got the beast in 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 the off screen uh, hunt, shot him right between the eyes. Everyone is happy and exuberant. It was a ghost town moments ago, but now everyone's around cheering. Um, but Tony, Ellen, and Gar, they know better. It isn't this little bear. Now, they show the bear. It's like this tiny little cub, it seems, Charlie. Yeah, it's it's unconvincing. The, the whole thing is it, you never really see a good wide shot. You barely see. You, you get a glimpse of the animal. And, uh, and you're like, no way. No way that that little thing is going. Anyone would buy that. Yeah, it doesn't work. The public wouldn't buy that. So now we're in town. It's presumably the next day. Gar and Ellen um, suggest to the officer, the sheriff, that they should cut open the bear. And they, they should have even said, you know, like they do in Jaws. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> Looking for proof that it had eaten the dead people. Or is the Winter Carnival too important? Let's listen to some of this conversation, which is another just like kind of boring and um, um, explicative. Is that the right word? Explicative, Tom? 
explication, yeah. whatever it is. But um, there's a lot of that, and it's fun to listen to, though. Into carnival. Look, Mr. Seberg, uh, what is it that I'm going to warn the people against? Uh, a man beast uh, legend whose very existence is uh, hotly disputed. Disputed by whom? Well, by the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers, for one. I wouldn't know this, but I talked to Washington this morning. They said that they don't have one piece of evidence, nothing they've seen or heard that would stand up under scientific scrutiny, unquote. Now, is that what you want me to warn the people against? Can you honestly expect them to believe it? Now, an unseasonal bear is one thing, but a legend is, uh, well, just that, a legend. Bigfoot has been sighted in the Northwest for the last 150 years. There are verified recordings of attacks. I had a man on my television show just recently who swears he threw a rocket one and it ran away. But I don't think what we've seen is Bigfoot. I don't think it's as simple as that. I agree. Let me just interject to say, thank God they stopped walking. There's so much like squeaky foot uh, footsteps to to get yeah. in the way of the dialogue. It's it's rough, but yeah. I, I I love the scene, and I'm gonna make you listen to more of it. There've been enough happenings around here. All it takes is one person who doesn't believe it was a bear, and you'll have a stampede on your hands. That's just the point. I don't want these hills full of people shooting at each other. Now you don't believe it was that bear, do you? No, it was not a bear. What do you think it was? I don't know. A mutant of some kind. Something left over from the last ice age. I don't know. Whatever it is, it's still out there. And it's a killer. What do you suggest we do? What you told my husband we should do in the first place. But this time, let's really do it. That's right. And you can count on me, Sharon. What you're saying is you, uh... Want us to go up there, just the two of us, and destroy this thing? That's right. Just the three of us. Yeah, Ellen, that's right. You're joining them. And then the next cut, Tony, in, in yet another one of your moments, Tom, where Tony wasn't even there for the conversation, but he <laughs> instant cut to Tony's there, and he says, what's he say, Tom? Such a Tom moment. Just the four of us. That's right. Just High five. <laughs> <laughs> that's 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 painful but in in a mostly good way so yeah yeah tony says just the four of us charlie uh, uh how about when ellen says disputed by whom disputed <laughs> by everyone in the country there's like a very very small percentage who says they believe in bigfoot everyone yeah. else disputes with them and in fact just by the nature of their two viewpoints they're all disputing yeah and yeah. um um, she just did a report on it, so she should know it's uh, it's been disputed. You know, she's like, oh. she's been reporting on it very recently. I love, I love though that the, the sheriff quotes the Army Corps of Engineers. <laughs> he's got that. <laughs> he had that fact quite ready, and he's like, I just got off the phone with Washington. So like, he picks up the phone in his little town. Hello, Washington. I, I got a Bigfoot question for you. Can we can we get some facts here? <laughs> All right, so now we get lots of snowmobile shots, and then Tony suggests that they call it a day, return to the camper. Uh, meanwhile, Snow Beast is walking around the camper. Uh-oh. He tears the ski hole. <laughs> okay, now he's just toying with them. He Like, the ski holder <laughs> in the back of the camper, he, like, rips it off and drops the skis on the ground. 
Um, but and then he runs totally back. Totally disorganizes their skiing equipment. <laughs> He's like, take it's, that. it's jumbled. Now. Take that, guys. <laughs> so so um, when they find that the t- the skis have been torn down, they immediately know Snowbeast did it. <laughs> He's been here, you know. It's it's mm-hmm. time to sit back and wait his return. They decide. Um, so Ellen goes to prepare dinner. Tony goes in to tell her that her eyes are bluer than they used to be. Then he asks why she chose Gar over Tony. She explains that Gar needed her more. They declare that they are friends, and she kisses him. If I were Gar, I might, I'm just saying maybe, hey, how about Ellen is my partner, and um, Tony can partner up with the sheriff. How about that? <laughs> Gar is so understanding of this. It's fantastic. Um, so now night falls. And it's morning. Gar comes out to check on Tony and Ellen, who presumably have been standing out there for eight hours. Charlie, is that what they've been doing? I suppose. They've got these two-person shifts, and uh, they're just keeping watch, yeah. Then Snow... What do you got? Just standing there, yeah. They could have, they could have easily, you know, taken like two-hour shifts and split it up. It feels like Gar got a really good rest. It's supposed to be ramping up to this big finish. It's supposed to be like Jaws going out in the boat, the guys to do it. And it it sort of falls apart here at the end, even though it's got a little bit of action. You're just kind of like, Beast is milling around. They're milling around. They're like, hey, you want to just chill in the RV and wait till the Beast comes here? And they're like, all right, you cook dinner. We'll go, we're going to go stand over here. And then like, we'll wake up. Yeah, we'll see what happens. Maybe the beast will mill around. Losing focus. Um, then Snowbeast finds a pile of logs that are like directly ab- above on the hill, directly above them, conveniently. And he uh, he hits something to make them all roll down the hill and knock over the the trailer. The sheriff uh, is hurt. It's uh, like the Ewoks had been there earlier and, yeah. and set up a nice <laughs> little trap. He's hurt and um pretty much left for dead without too much investigating. They're like, just leave him. <laughs> Let's go. It's fine. Just go. Um, so now the three of them are wandering out in the woods. So they've run out into the woods. And uh, so it's now it's Gar, Tony, and Ellen. And let's hear them discuss their situation. I just slow down. It's not chasing us anymore. It's got what it wants. It got what it wants. They're they're giving Snowbeast a lot of like personality. <laughs> I know. Well, he's no longer killing just to eat. That last attack wasn't mindless. That was a planned counterattack. We're not going to get very far walking. The barn's down here. Let's head for it. Hey. I love how he how he said, "Let's head for it." Like the way he says that, it's like <laughs> so unnatural. It's so weird. Yeah. That's not a very good idea. Why not? Because that's where he's been stashing his food. Can you imagine us being there when he shows up? Now, it's already lost two from there. If he's as smart as you think he is, he won't come back to the barn again. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> the whole point of going up there is to run into him so you could kill him. <laughs> All right. Uh, so- I love his like, There's no way he'll go back to the barn. Let's go. Conversation over. <laughs> Okay, so now they're in the barn. Tony offers to go out there alone, but Ellen and Gar insist that they stick together. Now the plan is to go back to back to the trailer. 
So it's just <laughs> going, like Charlie said, it's just chaos and back and forth. It's, it's like the room scene with the two parties. Hey, everybody, let's go outside. And they're outside <laughs> on the deck. They're like, hey, let's go back inside. It's <laughs> uh, quite, quite right. Um, Ellen crawls into the trailer and finds the skis. And now, look, I'm... I don't know if it drove you guys as nuts as it drove me, but like, what is Gar's accent? And first off, what, where's he? Where do you guys think he's from, Tom? I, I, I was thinking Canada. That's what I was. You thinking think he's a Canadian, a native Canadian, Ch- Charlie? Scandinavian. You think he's Scandinavian? I think he's from like, um, um, from Colorado, but his accent fluctuates throughout the movie and here it's the most um scandinavian i'd say ellen look at the closet the rivals may be there he sounds like a leprechaun right there <laughs> i don't know what's going on i'd like to know it, it it's like it's like he's irish but um but trying to do an American accent and, and forgetting quite frequently. But we'll let it go. Snow Beast is coming for them just as Tony finds a gun. He hits Snow Beast. He throws the gun right at Gar and tells him to go finish him off. In a way that made me think Snow Beast was like down on the ground and just needed to be shot. But we never see Snow Beast, so it's hard to tell. But it turns out he's been running away, so we get to watch them chasing after him. Um, and now Tony and Ellen catch up. Tony's got a shotgun, lots of uh, skiing and whatnot. And then we see Snow Beast, and um, he is magnificent. I would have liked to see him more. Gar shoots him several times, but it doesn't stop him. <laughs> I'll let who wants to describe uh, Gar's uh, ski pole technique of killing him? Uh, you got it, Charlie. Okay. <laughs> well, first off, of course, he's not supernatural. He he's a He's a natural world beast they fire a lot of shots at him right it should have killed close him. yeah they just it's just like kids playing cops and robbers or something i don't should have hit him nothing seems to take any effect they just didn't want to do the, the squib effects probably but so gar grabs one of the ski poles and he thinks his genius move if correct me if i'm wrong is to wedge it against the rv right and that like sturdiness yeah, creates yeah. this unbeatable weapon that the beast lunges into. Yeah, and yeah. because it's symbolic that the great skier can use his Excalibur of sorts mm. to defeat the the monster, now uh, all is right with the world. Yeah, it's symbolic and uh, in in a beautiful moment and ridiculous, like. You'd think the beast would just like step a little bit to the left and not walk right into the sharp object, but hey. And then and then the beast falls down the cliff. What do you got, Tom? Yeah, it just hurts a little bit that it's just beast POV. Like you see this this big sharp thing sticking out of a tree, and he just runs right toward it. (laughs) It's a little confusing. (laughs) Yeah, it's confusingly done. They were clearly having issues with the costume. They they could only do so much with it, apparently, or who knows what the problem was. But, um, you know, you, you title a movie Snow Beast, you want to see him more than, than 15 seconds. But 
but luckily Gar and Tony and Ellen make up for the lack of Snow Beast with their uh, their great dialogue and their drama and, 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 and whatnot. It's a pretty darn good movie, made for TV. It doesn't have the... Uh, the, the greatness of, like, Deathstock, but it's still a, a solid movie, and um, and Gar is a great ca- character, so I like it. Charlie? It, it, it's unceremonious at the end. Don't you get... I mean, they, right? They, yeah. they kill him. There's no, like, standing over the body where they're kind of like, this mythical beast, he didn't belong in our world, or, yeah. you know, there, there's no really that, or Gar, you did it. It's kind of like, maybe he's yeah. dead later. And yeah. then they're just they're just gone. Yeah, they just walk away. It must have been the runtime on the TV movie was was up. Yeah, and, but, they, um, and they couldn't possibly uh, part with any uh, any ski skiing scenes. Yeah, to make right. up for it. <laughs> uh, it's uh, what do you think, Tom? You you're a fan? Oh yeah, I I enjoy it. It's it's very fun. I mean, there's like there's some slow parts, but even the slow parts are fun. Just the characters are, are ridiculous. The soap opera quality of the love triangle, you know, getting in the getting in the pool together and then lounging with the robes on, it's it's just so fun. <laughs> yeah, very soap opera. Like You're absolutely it. right, and I love uh, the soap opera moments are my favorite parts by far, Charlie. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there, there's more characterization than you would, and maybe almost too much. And that that's kind of what we look for. So yes. it's good. And I, I've heard people details. say that they think this is a great background movie. You, you can totally have it on and just kind of, no one's going to hate it. it. It's yeah, it's pleasant. Yeah, it, it is. It is. Um, it's 1977 made for TV. It looks it like Charlie said with a day for night, which he appreciates in the, the 70s um, snowsuit style and, um, and the hairdos uh, and, and the talk, too, some of the dialogue, too. But it, it's perfect 70s. It's a great time capsule. Shock memories, uh, Tom, you have any? I really just remembered Gar, but not really any <laughs> particulars about him. Just just the, the, the name Gar and that he was kind of big. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, it, it, it was amazing re-watching it, how many how many fun moments there really were. Me too. I only remembered Gar and, and, and happily, and I wasn't disappointed. I still like him. He's a great character. Charlie, what do you got? I remembered the, uh, the love triangle and which is of course involving Gar and, (laughs) and Gar and Gar just as a great character. And we nominated Gar for worst life circumstances. Yeah. He's got it tough. (laughs) He does. Yeah. We nominated uh, snow beast as best monster Probably just because there weren't that many other monsters in uh, yeah. in that pool there, and then uh, nominated for best picture, so it got our <laughs> it got our respect the first time out. We have a big soft spot for TV horror though, so that's probably why. Didn't it have a lot of ants feel to you guys? I mean, oh, yeah. you had you had the older lady who owned the place. You had her younger relative who was trying to run it. You had a couple um, peripheral characters. Um, this didn't have as many like kids who were or teens or you know twenties people, but um, very similar feel uh, and all those adults trying to rally together to deal with something that was gonna bother a tourist area. Yeah, ants is much better yeah. though. I just gotta yeah. say, yeah. There's yeah. Uh, there's more the 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 snow setting can kind of wear on you. There's just so much white. It's just all this just whiteness and and whatnot, you know. So. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, but it's a pretty solid movie, and it really comes down to Gar and Tony. And the more, just this time through, talking about it, I like Tony a little bit more now that he's essentially Laval, the way he's he's yelling everything. I didn't I, I didn't notice it till now, Charlie. So thank you. Yeah, and you know, I I, I watched it on Amazon Prime, and I, I typed it in, and I was like, okay, it came up. I think three instances of Snow Beast with three different covers. Mm. One of them was just. It was one of the uh, like public domain generic things. It was just like a photo of a of a grayish black thing with white text that said "Snow Beast." Nice. Um, so I, I looked it up and I was like, "Yeah, this movie is public domain. It has that that infamous error of they when they released it, they didn't put the proper um, copyright mark on it. And I guess once it showed immediately, the people who look for those kind of things to pounce on and just mm put it out there put it out so that's why it's on all those box sets which is where we watched it tom off one of your yeah, like that's what i have yeah it's on multiple vhs dvdr releases it's everywhere it's on youtube it's archive.org it's like i don't know how at that late date especially after i think the same exact thing happened with uh night of the living dead yeah yeah that they didn't they didn't put the proper you know, paperwork or the copyright on the on the print and then it became public domain to make a freaking movie which takes so long fly all those people out to colorado get the writer of psycho to write this script the director of many uh tv comedy you know to, to direct it and then not copyright it how did that happen yeah well i mean they 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 were thinking short term. They're like they can make the money, the initial money off the TV screening, and then it'll go away forever. Was probably their their thought process, you know. I guess so, but it's free to to just put the mark on there. As far as I know, I really there's got to be more. The there's got to be more to it than just the mark. There's whatever that I don't know. I, I'd have to look into it. I want to know. Uh, someone should contact us. And, yes. and if they know more than I do, but I. I have a sneaking suspicion it could be something as simple as just the mark because I know in Night of the Living Dead when they changed the title, mm-hmm. they like they like cut out the frame that had the t- the original Night of the Flesh Eaters or whatever it was called, and they put in a new title. And the company that made the new title Night of the Living Dead didn't know to put the copyright thing on there, and mm. that caused a lot of the problems, according to one article I read. Interesting. Yeah, and the rules have changed since then, of course. But um, okay. now it's copyrighted the second you make some anything. Right. Yeah, yeah. Well, good thing they changed the rule because it's logical, and I, I support that. And I, I think a yeah. big copyright rule changed in 1978, so uh, Snow Beast might have been one of the last ones to sneak through there. But on yeah. the flip side, in terms of immortality, Snow Beast is much better known today than it would be otherwise if that uh, copyright had been held. Because uh, there's no other reason to put it on to release it so much except that it's free. So yeah. um, so go check out Snow Beast. You can see it anywhere you want um, because it's everywhere due to this uh, this loophole. And um, unless you guys have anything anything to add, I think we're done. You guys good? No, yep. I'm happy. That was, that was a fun one. Fun one. Very fun. Till next month. This is uh, Matt saying goodnight for Tom and, and Charlie. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? 
Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.